0: Welcome to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about the latest two episodes of Prodigy, Asylum, and Let Sleeping Borg Lie. Thanks for joining us. Johnson, happy Thursday. How are you doing today? You are struggling, huh? I-, I am
1: struggling, yeah,
0: I'm not feeling the greatest right now, so but the command of your your resources and your dedication to this podcast is bringing you here tonight. That's right. that's right, Yes, and also you're the fact that this.
1: you're traveling uh, this weekend, so we can't record it a later. Well, time.
0: it's not my fault that someone was also on vacation. Otherwise, your time. Yeah, that's fine. We're both traveling for different reasons. Yes. And this was the only common time that we could find to record. Podcasts
1: in your busy social
0: calendar. Might I add as well? Yes. No, my calendar is very, very swamped. Next weekend, not this coming weekend, this weekend, this coming weekend, I'm going to be in L.A. Next weekend I'm hosting two Friendsgivings, one on Saturday and one on Sunday, which I'm already dreading, but that'll be fine. And I, th- th- I feel horrible. like before we know it, November's gonna be over. It's gonna be so fast.
1: I mean, it's already November 10th. So I, I mean, know. it's a third it's... over. So yes. And it's that's crazy. It's crazy. In, in ten days, it'll be two thirds over. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's really crazy. So but yes. Um Yes, no, I admit that my social calendar is occasionally occupied. But
1: you occasionally know we make it work. Occasionally <laughs> that is a false statement. Occasionally false statement. you are booked out for weeks on end with social things to do. Well, you gotta gotta plan it.
0: Otherwise it's not gonna happen, right? Sure, sure. Yes. Yeah. There's so. very
1: little room for spontaneity, though, or last-minute podcasting. That is recording. not true.
0: I have, I have room for spontaneity. Oh, room, there.
1: room. There's the high-pitched voice right there. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> the def- defensive, high-pitched voice. I have room. I definitely have room. Hmm. any case. Do you? Yes. Well, anyway. So, yes. Are ex- anyway. Are you excited about L.A.? About, about seeing people in L.A., your friends.
0: Yes. No, and I am looking forward to it. I haven't been to L.A. since February, so it's been a while. Yeah. So-, so I do have a client out in L.A. that I'm making a point of visiting. And I was like, why don't I go a couple of days earlier and see my so-called friends? So your so-called
1: going- friends, is that what you said? <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> what is this? Your so- so-called life? So you have so yeah, yes. friends? So we're going to see each other, we're gonna hang out, it'll be great. Um, yes. hopefully you because usually when I go to California for work, it's a whirlwind. I I land and I have meetings like right away. Sure. So sure. I think this will help me to get more into the groove before I start just working. Hmm. That's good. Oh yeah. That's like good. literally last time I landed and I went straight to the office and I went to the bathroom to just wipe myself down a little bit because I had been on a six-hour plane ride and I had meetings immediately. It was like that. Yeah. This is a little crazy.
1: That is a little crazy. Someone who's booking your uh, flights should uh, take better account of those things. Oh, wait. You. I'm booking my my flights. i book my
0: own flights. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's also because I don't know. The The time change is a thing, obviously. And then you want to make the most of your time there. And But I also don't want to stay there for too long sometimes. Because if I'm there for work, I'm just in work mode. So I'm just like, I want to go in. I want to leave. Um, but this time, obviously, I'm giving myself a little more space to see people. So that's different. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Mike, I thought that in the spirit of Prodigy, which is back after wait, what was what was the last time we had Prodigy on? I don't even has it been a year? Oh gosh, uh,
1: no, it, was it, was, last year. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Wasn't it uh, earlier oh, this part year? One.
0: Oh, the second five episodes? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. It was before. It's Card, like January. Right? Yeah, it was like January. Oh man. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. But in last year, there was a multi-month break, and then the second five episodes were in January. And then Picard came. Right. Correct. Yes. And then it's all blur. And then we were like, when's season one B going to start? And here we are. Yes, here we are. The second half of
1: season one has begun. And uh yeah. Uh, it's, yeah.
0: it's good to have it back. It's good to have it back? Yeah. But, yes, yeah, so I thought that, so what inspired um, this next thing that we've been talking about is that Paramount Plus is working with Kate Mongru to do these little vignettes that they're releasing on social media. I don't know like where else they're publishing this content, but it's definitely on social. And it's basically these one-minute vignettes of her talking about a theme, a takeaway, a moral lesson from each episode of Prodigy. And, you know, it's for kids, but I'm like, I love Kate Mulgrew. So I'm like, I love these little vignettes that she goes on. Like, you know, like uh, the first episode of the season was about taking a leap of faith. Um, Episode two was about self-sacrifice. So there's, she goes into it and she is like, yeah, self-sacrifice is one of the noblest things that someone can do for someone else. I'm like, oh my God, I this <laughs> K Moguru. Um, so I thought that in the spirit of K Moguru, which we both who we both like, um, that we take one of these life lessons and reflect on it and share a little bit about um ourselves in the process. So I was the one that proposed it, so I can go first. So I thought that we can go off just one of the themes of the two episodes we're going to talk about because it's we don't have two hours to talk. Um, but I thought that we could go off of the lesson of the first episode of Asylum, which is taking a leap of faith because in this episode, as we'll get into, Dalai needs to take a leap of faith. Um, obviously, uh, Rock Top needs to take a leap of faith. You know, everyone takes a leap of faith, literally and figuratively. So... I thought that we could ask ourselves and each other, when was the last time or when was a moment in your life that um, you really had to take a leap of faith? Um, I'll go first. I think for me, you know, just to relate to the theme of this podcast, coming out, I think, to certain people in my life, it required a certain leap of faith. I think in college, particularly as I was coming out to myself and as I was coming out to certain people, um, certain friends, because I grew up in a, I've shared this before with uh, our listeners, but growing up a pretty conservative Christian background um, in church, pretty conservative growing up there. Um, but in college, I also had quite a few friends that was part of this Christian community that I was part of. And we were all relatively relatively conservative, I would say. Like we were all like pretty conservative on the social issues and such, um, even though we went to a liberal school, it was a liberal art school. Um, when it came to the more cultural and religious issues that we were talking about on the regular, we were relatively conservative in our approach. Um, which actually thinking back is a little surprising, but you know, that was honestly the makeup of some of the folks I was hanging out with. And as I was coming out to myself, you know, it was a painstaking and heartbreaking process. Um, but I was like, I need to share this with people. Um, and some of my closest friends were my college friends, who were these pretty conservative, conservative young adults. And I really didn't know how I would t- how they would take it. Um, I didn't quite know how they would react. Would they, you know, would they judge me? Would they kind of say like, "Oh, you can be part of a group." I had no idea where it's going to go. And I think quite literally, I, and figuratively, I had to really just take a leave of faith and be like, you know what, no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Um, I'm going to figure it out. It will all be fine. It's a journey. And we'll see where we end up. And I think that it was a process. I think there was a range of reactions, but I think overall, everyone was either supportive, straight out supportive, or They were like, you know, Johnson, I'm not sure what I think about it, but I'm here for you if you need to talk to anyone. And it was really, at the end of the day, a really rewarding, it was still a process, but it was a rewarding one. And ultimately it was having faith that those friendships were more than just the culture and the religion of our backgrounds and how we were brought up, and that it wasn't so tenuous. And yeah, you know, I think that for me, that was definitely that whole coming out process to myself, to my friends um, over time, really, you know, I would say for me was um, in general like a leap of faith. So,
1: well, yeah, thank you for me. sharing that. Uh, I think that that is a great story. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully that inspires someone. Maybe or not.
0: But, uh, but Mike, I think
1: it's a, it's, it's a yeah. good, yeah, it's a good piece of your journey. And
0: and it relates to our podcast. Yes, yes. (laughs) It does. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, Mike, (laughs) what about you? What's your story? Uh, My story
1: for this uh, particular lesson is uh, uh, basically when I moved to New York City, that was a huge leap of faith.
0: So I had um, I had Was it one of the stories where we had like five dollars in your pocket and like two suitcases, like Felicity? I mean, I did
1: literally come to New York City with two suitcases. Yes, that is. Oh my god, that is is true. Absolutely true. The story behind it is that I, um, I was in my role with Apple at the time in Providence, Mm -hmm. Rhode Island, and I was looking to change my experience and you know get go further in the company. So I actually, my boss actually set up an interview for me down here in new york city i worked for a day and or two days actually i worked at at, uh, the soho store for two days and then uh, they helped me get ready for my interview with um the next level up who were interviewing Mm -hmm. for this and um so that all happened really quickly and literally by the time so this is over the week over a weekend i came here hung out and by the time i was back in providence i had a job offer like on monday or tuesday wow. and they're like we want you to move down here in like a month or less or like 3 weeks and i was like um i'm going to need a little bit more time than that <laughs> so um, wow so i ended up negotiating it to move in 6 weeks uh instead of 3 or 4 and um sure. uh, yeah, I, I didn't I hadn't had a place to to hadn't figured out where I was gonna live yet or anything like that. Yeah. So um I reached out to a couple of people and actually one of my exes actually said you can come and stay with me while you get settled in. So oh. um which was nice at the time. Um so yeah, so I basically uh wrapped up my life in Providence. Uh you're like, bye, Felicia. sort of, yeah. I was actually yeah. uh it was also sort of closing up a relationship at the time as well. So it was kind of right, right. It was multifaceted. But um yeah, so I I came on a Greyhound bus with my two suitcases <laughs> and and yeah, so I started here and um you know, it wasn't I would say it wasn't the easiest start. Uh I mean it mm-hmm. took a lot of faith to believe that things would work out um mm-hmm. because my uh when i came down here you know i i actually within like the first week or two my ex and i got into an argument and then he was basically like i want you out mm-hmm. and yeah it was kind of crazy and i was like you know he wasn't that mean but it was basically like when are you moving out and i was like oh, okay yeah. so fortunately he took like a two-week vacation so i had like Two weeks to myself and then, yeah, about five weeks into actually living here in New York City. So I found my first apartment and I found it on Craigslist, went and saw it. Actually, I saw like three or four Craigslist apartments. So this is back when Craigslist was still a pretty big thing and you could find people looking for roommates on Craigslist and Uh whatnot. And so... Um, so yeah, so that's how I found my first apartment and actually ended up living there for almost five years. So yeah, my first apartment, which was literally, uh, like an eight, by or maybe 10 by six room. Um, oh, do you roommates? Yeah. I mean, I had, yeah, I had two roommates, but I had the smallest room. So yeah, that's sort of my leap of faith story. Um, as far as, as that goes about just moving here and yeah, it took a, uh, just a lot of faith to believe that things would work out and hopefully yeah. they did. And, mm-hmm. uh, despite some setbacks and challenges, uh, it all did work out. So, and here I am, uh, at close to 12 years later, 11, yeah. and a half year, 11 and a half years later, I am, uh, yeah, over 11 and a half years later, I'm here. That's my my leap of
0: faith, or multiple leaps of faith in that story. Yeah, yeah. You're like you're like yeah. Felicity. Yeah, you moved to New York, not for a guy though. That was a different case. I but, did not move here for a guy. No, actually, yeah. I
1: did not. Nope.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes. there um, we go. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing, Mike. Yeah. Excited for our next show and tell lesson, whatever. <laughs> <Kimo group laughs> whatever comes Kimo up for Kimo us. Group. Yes, thank you, Kimoguru. Thank you. Cool. Well, why don't we get into this week's episodes? I don't think there's much in the way of Star Trek news that I've heard of. There's probably some minor stuff, but I don't know if anything comes to mind for you. I don't, I haven't. No, nothing really anything. comes to mind
1: for major,
0: um, major news. Uh, but I think you yeah. are just like, I, people are just waiting, like, when is the next series going to get announced? because Picard is right around the corner, and then they're going to lose a, a series, but I haven't heard yeah, anything.
1: I don't know that they're going to overshadow the Picard season with anything in way of announcements or anything like that, although I think based upon when Picard is going to start, it would the ending would fall on or near... Um, start What is it? First Contact Day. First Contact Day. Yeah. So maybe there'll be some news at first contact day, but April I don't 16th? think April, April right?
0: 6th or 5th,
1: April, April 5th,
0: 6th? April, April 5th. 5th. Oh my gosh. By the it's... way, we're supposed to potentially go on another podcast as guests. Trek Sports quiz. Yes. Remember yes. That? Yes. So yes,
1: for our listeners, we were. Uh, we were well. We haven't recorded it yet, so we'll
0: talk more. About we haven't recorded
1: that it yet. Once it happens, but yes. Well,
0: someone um, had someone had reached out and was like, "Do you want to be part of this podcast?" And it's basically like a quiz show. Yes,
1: and, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I've I, I've yeah. actually listened to all their episodes, and the questions are hard. And
0: they're hard. I haven't listened um, to the newest one, but they are hard questions. I'm like, I feel like you and I are just gonna like stare at each other. I feel like you're gonna
1: you're gonna have all this knowledge uh hidden and actually so I was I was I was messaging with Davey about this and he was actually listening to the episode where you were talking about going to trivia night
0: (laughs) oh man and and I
1: previously to to him hearing that I had said well Johnson's like a fount of all this like ridiculous information about no, Star Trek. I, I think
0: compared to you, you're you're worse. This, okay, it's like sometimes I feel like the blind leading the all um, like the legally blind. <laughs> like it's like I'm like a little. I have like a little bit more visibility, and I'm like okay, I'm not like gonna just like stumble and kill myself, you know. I not but I'm not sure what the benchmark is like because some of these contestants they have on is like oh my god you remember it was like something very very specific
1: well and so they like, oh, all right so you no need way. to listen to the latest episode uh which is tailored to 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 what these two people have been doing on their podcast which is watching the um the first season of Star Trek the original series so all the questions were related to that sure so so whatever we like
0: what hold on whatever we
1: put down as our expertise is sort of
0: generalists we're both like you know what i mean like it's not like we i know we have a heart for tng and ds9 but if you were to ask me about very specific episode of like tng season one i'm like i don't remember because i hate tng season one i don't remember last time i watched tng season one like you know like there's just like we're kind of generalists in the sense that we know a little bit across all the series, but we're not specialists in any capacity. So I don't know.
1: Maybe well, we'll see what we put down for our expertise and what uh, like, Davey chooses for us to ask us about. So we'll either.
0: It's like Alex. I would take random question for five hundred. Like, I don't, it's like I, I don't
1: know. No, I do not want random questions about eight hundred plus episodes of Star Trek. No, I do not. Anyway, that
0: that would be disastrous beyond belief. Okay, well, here we are. So, anyway, yeah, why don't we get into our episode review then, slash discussion of again? But before we do, just a quick message
1: about Trek Talks 2.
0: John Billingsley, Phil Flocks, Hollywood Food Coalition here. Guess what? Trek Talks 2. It's happening. You asked for it. You got it. January 14, eight hours of premium Star Trek entertainment. Amazing guests, mad capri, insightful social commentary, musical interludes. Support HOFOCo. Check us out at hofoco.org, helping people in need for almost 40 years. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the 14th of January at trektalks.org. Net. Live long and mark your calendars. Again, trektalks.net.
1: So yeah, so hopefully you'll join us for Trek Talks 2, January 14th. And uh, we don't know the lineup yet, but we will, uh, there'll be more announcements soon, I'm sure. So as they firm that up. But uh, now we can talk about this week's episodes of Prodigy.
0: Alright, well, why don't we start with talking about Asylum, which is episode 11 of season one of Prodigy. So that relay station is part of the Federation. Rolling up in a stolen starship. Not the best first impression. Either they like us, or this will get real awkward. Suddenly that dream of finding a place where we all can be accepted is actually becoming real. Even I'm starting to believe. Ah, it's
1: too tight. It's not too tight. You're just not holding still.
0: There. Now you look like Starfleet material. Uh, They're gonna see right through me. Let them. Because that's how you show them who you truly are. And if they don't like who I am? Sometimes the hardest thing is to take a leap of faith. Mike. What did you think of this episode?
1: So I really enjoyed this episode. I uh, It was great to see how nervous the crew was about going to Starfleet, but also how excited they were about this. So I was really on board for this whole adventure to begin with. I also love it when they wear their Starfleet
0: uniforms. Cadet uniforms, I guess.
1: Whatever they are. Whatever, they, the are. One, <laughs> Whatever I, they are. I think it's great. They look great in them. And, uh, yeah, and you know, so I love I, you really get to feel their nervousness about doing this,, right? but also their excitement, um, so I think that that's one of the the key points of this episode and and I love how it starts out, it's very um. Reminiscent of which one? Star Trek Beyond or Into Darkness? I can't Beyond. Remember.
0: Oh no, yeah, uh, Into Darkness. Into, into Darkness. Right, right. Yeah. Into Darkness. Into Darkness with the first con- no inadvertent yes. first contact, but yes. it was kind of not meant to be. Yes. So,
1: so be I felt like there I, I and
0: I even, actually, the music, yes, even the music. Yeah. Even you, the music. Even the music is uh it's like the da da, da da da. I was like, wait, that's like yes. that's very Yep, yep, that is that's very, right. Star Trek. They also Michael use Giacchino. that in the
1: subsequent episodes as well.
0: Yeah. I'm like, so, yeah. oh, well, that's very, sort of, you know, I mean, JJ. Michael Gikino. Uh, <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. Um, wrote uh, the theme for Prodigy, but obviously Nami is uh, is doing the music for the show and she's pulling um, stuff from him. Yeah
0: uh but so anyway somewhere that like she studied under him or something like that oh oh yeah that's great um which would make sense if that was indeed the case
1: yeah so i think you know the opening was very much like that i love how they're trying to do good deeds to ingratiate themselves with starfleet which i think
0: is great um yes to make up for stealing the ship stealing, but not stealing, you know? I know. You know I'm, a, I'm well aware of the context, but this is, you no, know, they I know are, but they're, they're, they're refer- reductive, right? They're kids, so they're very reductive about their POV, but I'm like, no, obviously, there's more context. Yeah, no, they, I don't
1: feel, you know, I think upon, hopefully, upon further inspection, whenever they do meet up with Starfleet, there is this sense that they didn't actually steal this starship, that they actually saved it. But anyway, um, so I really enjoyed this episode. I was super excited about two, th- two things, or three things, actually. One was that Gwyn is getting her
0: memories back slowly. I'm glad they didn't drag it out. Because, you know, sometimes they'll, like, drag shit yeah, out. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. for many, many episodes. Yep. And that would be annoying. I'm glad she got it back within one episode.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. And so that was the first thing I really liked. I, I was happy about that. I was happy that we learned what Murph is. He's a melanoid slime worm. Which See, is...
0: that's a trivia question that you wouldn't have gotten. And I would not have gotten because I was I really oh, yeah, didn't episode. know. Oh, you were like, oh, sort of worm. Well, I watched it again and I caught it. And then I was like, oh, OK. But if you were to put a gun to my head right now, I would be like,
1: what? No. Yeah. I mean, I did just rewatch the premiere again this afternoon, so. Oh okay well but I, I yes I that was actually the big trivia question that no one had gotten up until this episode right no one had guessed right. what uh, Murph was and so we we now know what Murph is we knew that uh rock is a bricar, which is a reference nice. to it's a book species. reference it's a book reference to Peter David's um Excalibur series yeah. um with Captain Shelby and Mackenzie Calhoun, um, and then we learn that Starfleet knows what Dal is, which is really exciting, um, right? And right. to to have that message, but of course that's
0: and, not yet revealed, it's right? But I
1: love that you know there's hope, and uh, you know it's just a really cool. Um cool development for Dal I think to know that oh. someone out there knows what he is. So right right. Um that is really exciting. So yeah. uh those are my three favorite things. I think uh the seeing what the weapon uh that's on the pro- proto star can do is uh very scary. Number 1. But number 2, I want to go back to something I said on Either I've probably mentioned it on our podcast, but I have definitely mentioned it on Discovering Trek. My big, uh, my big guess was that something that's happening with Prodigy would be the result of what happens on Mars in, um, in Picard timeline. And so this is, uh, yes, I, really... I remember this. I remember you. Yeah. So I, I, this. I, I think that this was pretty significant evidence to the fact that whatever this weapon is is partially the cause of the destruction of all the Starfleet vessels at uh utopia planitia in Mars.
0: So um that was an exciting wasn't well, well, didn't all the what, didn't all the vessels just get destroyed because of the androids? I've I i do not even remember all the details.
1: Yeah, was but it? I think something made them go bonkers, right? So I think it, I think it's like it wasn't related. that I thought that was due
0: to the Romulan espionage. I we remember, I remember talking about this yeah. I don't remember
1: the I don't think that we actually know this was my my speculation all along though is what uh the protostar had on uh, like the prodigy would have some link to especially after we learned about Gwyn's father's like master plan about ruining the, the federation um mm-hmm. I kind of tied it together, but we'll see if, if it ever, ever is told again. So I really enjoyed this opening episode. I, I, yeah, I felt, felt like it was a great start to the second half of season one and um yeah, it was really great to see the characters are growing and developing and becoming a cohesive team.
0: Right. Um, yeah. So. That's what I thought about it. What did you think about this opening episode? Yeah, no, I realized this episode. I was like, yay, Prodigy is back. And we are both big fans of Prodigy. Um, and we're both, really, we're both really big fans of season 1A, I guess I'll call it. So it was really nice for it to be back. And yeah, there were a lot of great moments in this episode. I, one of my favorite moments I mentioned to you was when Dao was he was along the lines of we're saying he was kind of nervous about Starfleet. And he had that very uh, intimate relationship with Carl Graham Janeway and they hugged and I was like, oh, that's really sweet. She's like a mom figure. And it's like, you know, they trust each other. And that was really nice. I like that. And I think that I just really appreciate that we are seeing these characters grow and change and, you know, it's, it's like consistent growth. And it's not just like reverting back to, you know, because oftentimes sometimes it's like one step forward one step back. But in this case, it's like growth that sticks and that's great. I love that. There's like serialized character storytelling, you know? So um, I am a big fan of what Prod is doing with that. Um, I like our short but sweet scenes with Admiral Janeway. Um, the Janeway Chakotay shippers should hopefully be rejoicing because we get a, it's a, it's in the holodeck, but you know, it's obviously like a, they like hug, um, and they have a moment before Janeway freezes program. And, you know, I want to see more of Robert Beltran slash Chakotay on the show. And, you know, like, obviously, Admiral Janeway is... She's obviously searching for the photo star, but she's motivated by Chakotay. You know, she she's on the... she's The reason why she's doing all this is for Chakotay. And I'm definitely one of those people that I'm like, they should have gotten it together. It would have been, like, very difficult to navigate and potentially inappropriate, but, you know, you know, we talked about, like, you know, Voyager didn't have an HR department, Janeway touches everyone and puts her, puts her hands on everyone, but the scenes that she has with Chakotay and the times in which she confides in him and vice versa, they had something special. So, I'm a Janeway Chakotay shipper, so it warmed my heart to see them together once again. So that was great. Um, So yeah, that was great. Uh, I do One thing I do have to say about Prodigy that is kind of messing with me a little bit is space seems really small. So in this first episode, they obviously reach, they've reached basically the boundary of the Federation. So it's a relay station. So it's a relay station, but basically they've reached the boundary of the Federation already. Um, And as we know, it's a ProStar engine that allows them to travel really quickly. So, okay. But then the Dauntless is on a search and then they get to Tars Lamora and I'm like, wait, this was like, how long do they take the Dauntless to get to Tars Lamora? And it hasn't been that long because the Diviner is adrift, but still alive. Um, you know, but he's no in some sort
1: of, you know, suspended animation. Right. So but
0: It hasn't been like, I don't think it's been like, Oh, Voyager's travel like Voyager, da- the Dauntless has traveled years to get to Tars Mora, which is in the Delta Quadrant. I just don't quite know where everything is and everything seems really close together because the passage of time is very unclear to me. Um, and yeah, like. The pros are again, because again, the pros engine, but the Dauntless, we, as far as we know, just has a regular war- a regular warp drive. Maybe they have something else. Maybe like slipstream. I don't know. Maybe who knows. Um, it just didn't take them that much time to get to Taurus Lamora, at least in storytelling time. So in you know, meanwhile Voyager, it's like it's going to take us like decades to get back to Alpha Quadrant. So it's just like a little bit it's messing with me a little bit in terms of where everything is and like where we start. Um, so so yeah that's one thing that, like, kind of, like, functionally bothered me. Um, I think that's I an was, adult
1: problem, though. I think that that's not, you know, that's not yeah. a kid's
0: storytelling motif or, you know, like... True. Yes, I agree. But they also... I think one thing that Praji has done well is they're also very respectful of, like, the lore and we have an episode from Season 1A, like, uh, the Kobia, Kobayashi Maru, so that's, like, all callbacks, you know, like, So they are still very trying to be respectful of the mythology that Voyager in particular has set up for us. So, you know, they're trying to please both audiences. I don't think it's the biggest problem. It's just like, you know, because me, like it's like when we talked about that um, Vindicta DS9 episode, not DS9, oh my God, the Vindicta Lower Decks episode. And I was like, yeah, my mind just goes to how is this functionally working, in terms of the storytelling, you know, who cares? No one cares. It doesn't matter. But sometimes I think that way. I'm like, where's the techno manual? Or in this case, uh, where's story cartography? I need to, like, do some fact-checking, you know? So that's just me. But uh, long short of it is I, I really did enjoy this episode. thought it was a great return to our beloved cast and setting up that... Um, obviously setting up the, the where we leave the episode with uh Admiral Janeway finding the diviner and being like he has all the clues. He you know, he has the answers. And that's setting up conflict, potential future conflict for Janeway and our protagonists. So so yeah. Um I'm glad John Noble's still around. You know, obviously they they're not done with him yet, so. You know, he's a great actor. Yeah, I'm not really super excited
1: about having the diviner back in the mix, but um but I understand the need for a
0: antagonist in this uh in well this I was series. hoping that kind of it would be like I would be kind of just like Admiral Janeway's the quote unquote antagonist, right? Um I don't think we need I agree with you, I don't think we need the diviner because he I feel he served his purpose. But I do feel there's a lot more that we don't know about the Protostar, where Chicote is, and he's kind of linked to that. Between yeah. I think he's linked to where Chicote is where Chakotay isn't. is the because we know that there's some time and whiny stuff with the Protostar, yes. right? Like there's sure. so, so there's still unsolved questions about the Protostar. Mm-hmm. Um and where it went to like you know, there are theories that it went to the future and then went back to the past. Like, you know, there's all these theories. So like how it gets stuck in more in the first place, like there's all these unanswered questions. So unfortunately for better, or for worse, I think the diviner is the, is, is, is where, you know, we're going to find some of these answers. So yeah,
1: unfortunately, yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want right. to look at it. Right. Yeah. I right. think that that's uh, the way it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: cool. All right. Why well, don't we move on to the next episode? Where's Let's Live in Borg Lie? I was like, I was like, Where's Living in Borg Lie? Let Let's Live in Borg Lie. There's a weapon aboard our ship that we gotta find. Not here. Ah, uh, we're coming up empty in the engine room. <laughs> Not here either. We've searched every bulkhead, cargo hold, and Jeffrey's tube. But not this room. (gasps) Look for panels! Hidden switches! Anything out of place! Mm. If only we knew what we were looking for! Jacob's detecting titanium, duranium alloys, transparent aluminum... Uh, guys? I don't recall that being here. (sighs) What is it? It's a symbol of solar. Your Yorelu. It's reacting. You don't think?
1: <gasps>
0: what? Uh, Strawberry. <gasps> uh, uh, oh, I have no record of this entire subdeck. Huh? <sighs> will <Pog'll> go last. <gasps> uh, you know, to protect you all. <laughs> What's that homing? About. I've never seen anything like it. It's like it's alive. Then we need to make it not alive.
1: How about we launch it out of an airlock?
0: But then someone else may use it. Then let's take it apart. This is technology from the future. You can't just cut a wire. At least I'm offering ideas. Don't worry. Jacob will fix it. Whoa, no. No, 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 How What? It protects itself. If we can't hurt it, we need to find a way to shut it down. Starfleet would know what to do. Uh, we ain't Starfleet, kid.
1: Why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts?
0: I liked this episode. I don't think I liked it as much as the first episode, the first episode, the 11th episode. But I do think that it was a great episode that gives us more into zero's conflict i think that zero is actually a very complex character and obviously the stuff with Gwyn furthers his complex it's he is his complex as a reason but obviously he has a lot of baggage in the way that he was used by a diviner to harm people so i feel that this was a great episode to kind of unpack his character a little bit And to give him some catharsis when it comes to the guilt that he's been carrying this whole time. So, again, I think that, you know, another thing, you know, again, the the same thing that I was saying about Pranji before is that they have these really clear character through lines that make sense, are consistent. In this case for Zero, that, you know, he needs this freedom from his guilt um, for who he is. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm using he, but it's they. Like Zero is a they pronoun. So I'm gonna switch. Uh, I can't help it because Zero sounds kind of like like more male than female. And Zero is also played by a male actor. So I just automatically go to the he, him pronouns, but it is they. They're, they're uh, non binary. So um, Zero, yeah. Zero, you know, Zero is a, you know, I don't feel that we've gotten much screen time with Zero as a character so this is nice to kind of give them a little bit more space to grow i thought that the whole the whole thing with the borg was okay like you know like i at first i was confused cuz i was like why aren't they just like assimilating them with nanites but they do explain early in the episode that due to the Neurological pathogen that I guess we point back to Endgame, like which it's making some interesting connections to Voyager, that uh, the Borg nanotechnology has also been disabled. So, um, so they might have had to assimilate them more manually than usual, because I was like, yeah, why don't you, why don't they just like using their assimilation tubules? And I thought that the whole thing with them assimilating, quote unquote zero was interesting because obviously I was like, how are they going to slow zero? Cause it's non corporeal, but I guess they're using their like psychic powers as well to do it. It wasn't now, it was very like, you know, like kind of like, I, I don't know very, oh, it was unclear to me, but you know, having not having like not having, not having biological components. I was like, how, how are they going to do this? So it's kind of interesting how they did it. It was almost like you know in like their mind the mind space of the hive and like in like zero and how they were doing it so um it was like a psychic which made that so i thought that was interesting um but yeah i mean like i didn't mind that the borg you know sometimes it's annoying when they have the insert the board now because i feel sometimes they just do it to insert it but i didn't mind the way that they use the board this time and i thought that it was interesting again that it's points to endgame, but then also points to some of the tidbits that we have gotten in Picard season two about the State of the War Collective and how the effects of the neural pathogen that future Admiral Janeway released may have had lasting impacts. So I, I I kinda like the fitting in where the mythology is and such. So that's always uh something that I I enjoy. But yeah, no, overall I thought this up, you know, it was all uh, was also us finding out about um the the weapon, the living construct, as the board called it, I thought that was interesting, and yeah, basically, they can't get rid of it, so what now, you know? And it sets our protagonists off on a path where they are going to do good and other things, but it's like, okay, but there's this like, elf in the room about this weapon, so what's going to happen? So, yeah. But overall, yeah, I like the episode. Um, it wasn't, like, my favorite, but I, I do think that it fits the story well and fits the characters well. And um yeah, it wasn't bad. What do you think, Mike? You know, you hit on some points that I
1: wanted to touch on too. Uh I didn't like this. I did not like this as much as the as Asylum. Mm-hmm. I thought um and I think it was because you were you're kind of seeing the reversion a, a little bit of back to being kids again.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: ignoring Janeway's advice about the Borg, and you know, I mean, I I do like their fearlessness. Well, except for you know, Jankum is very fearful of. Oh my <laughs> god, Jankum so annoying sometimes. But but also, also he is like not wrong. Um, so there's that. Um, there's that piece. So I I think I was a little annoyed with their 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 um. Ignoring Janeway's advice to get the heck out of there because I I would get right. the heck out of there. I mean, I, I well, the thing Borg. is, we
0: know more about Borg, but even so after there's, the, there's this, like she briefed knowledge them. In place. She,
1: yeah, sure, sure. She briefed them, and I think that that's, you know, that's a that should have like made them think twice about it. You know, I think that. Uh, you know, so there's, there's, uh, you know, those sorts of things that really kind of bother me. Um, from that perspective, is that just ignoring that? I also think that, you know, until Picard, we didn't know anything about the viniculum or whatever it's called. Um, um no, we got that in Voyager. Oh, did we? Okay. Well, again, I'm not a Voyager. Uh, expert so
0: yeah that um, episode infinite regress is
1: where seven see, starts to this is what i'm talking um, about this is why you're gonna whoop my ass and try it's
0: like tri- random tri- but it's yeah. random it's random it's not like consistent like it's like the one where seven develops multi like multiple personality disorder because the the, the veniculum basically causes um like mental barriers in her mind to break down or something like that Yep. See all of that. That's see, couldn't recall any of that if I tried
1: for months. Um, for months. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. So I, I thought that that was an interest. It was too easy to find that though. I I felt like we'd never seen that really too actively before. And until so my reference point is when seven takes Elnor to the vaniculum in the defunct borg cube that the romulans are mine wasn't it wasn't the wasn't was the, was the queen's chambers oh like? i i just assume it's all the same thing i don't know whatever oh um, okay well it reminded me of that same sort of inner sanctum where you know i i felt like they got there too easily was my main my main thing like well they I just wandered seen once to... or twice uh that we've never seen before and suddenly they have access to the hive mind um right and know how to and, and figure out how to act easily and quickly so um it's just uh yeah it's just really uh weird so you know i i yeah. I, so I didn't really enjoy this episode quite as much based upon. And yeah, I think it's just, um, those sorts of things. I also feel like, uh, so, so, the, so like the lack of like common sense, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, kids don't probably have a lot of common sense necessarily, but also their, their desire for an answer to get rid of the living construct or the weapon as it's called by them before. Um boring name before it before meet they meet the Borg before zero
0: mm-hmm. kind of gives them that name. Um do you think that the whole thing where I'll I'll be honest, the whole thing where they're like, oh, the Borg can help us figure this out. It was a little far-fetched. Yes. Like the way that they There's the logic little... of it where they're like, oh, they can adapt to everything so they can help us figure out like how to dismantle this weapon. I was like, does that make sense? Like just I mean, well, the board didn't the board. know what it was,
1: so I mean, that's how we learn learn about it a little bit more about it. But you know, yeah, I don't really, I don't really understand that whole logic or lack of
0: yeah, logic. it was, it was a little, it was a little confusing. I yeah, I bet. yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, and so, and ultimately, what we learn is that you they can't go to Starfleet because it will destroy Starfleet. So now they're now they're on their on the run, so to speak. Although they don't know that they're being chased by Janeway, Admiral, Vice Admiral, like Admiral, Janeway. Admiral, Admiral, Janeway, Vice Admiral yeah. Janeway. Um, So they don't know that that's coming. But so this is going to be interesting. Um, speaking of Admiral Janeway and the Dauntless, I, I'm, I am still flabbergasted at the design of the Dauntless after that ship from Voyager, um, uh-huh. and it, like the bridge layout being. Exactly the same as. The well, cameras. is it
0: exactly the same? I need yes. to look
1: at it again. Yes, the singular, um, like defiant style uh, nav and helm, and then the screens. It's much the,
0: more the beige color, right? The beige, the beige color,
1: yes, and but also the the auxiliary stations um and everything. So I just thought oh. it was a little, little too much, yeah, and, and seems a little non-Starfleet um standard but anyway um hey, you know i love star starships so it's it's fine but uh, i just thought that was a little bit a little bit off um yeah yeah but you know uh yeah so yeah i didn't really love this episode um so i'm hoping that but we, you know, ultimately we do learn. I don't, think, I don't
0: think it was a bad. I don't think it was a bad episode. No,
1: I don't think it know? was a bad episode yeah. at all. I think this one was much more geared towards kids and their first mm-hmm. experience with Borg, like a major Star Trek enemy. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. And so I didn't even put together all the stuff. So thank you for putting together all that stuff about why their their tubules of you know why they didn't inject them or oh, why the they could just like, yeah, some like them the old fashioned So I way. just kind of assumed that they wouldn't do that on a kid's television show and show that. So uh, that's why I assumed that they were doing it. Old school was because of that. Just so, saying uh, I'm glad that you were able to maybe. No, it, 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 it bothered me. But then I kind
0: of like I realized later you,
1: you like, logic yeah. logic it out. I figured uh, we can't really show that to kids. So better not. But anyway, mm. Also, it doesn't really help advance the storyline because you know you know zero is going to save the day or does save the day. You don't know that for sure. Sure, they're sure. Gonna, yeah, they can't know, actually so. get assimilated. Yeah. Like that'll be right. a problem. They can't. So right. Anyway, um, but I mean, now this board cube knows that the living construct is on board the protostar, and sure, yeah that, yeah, that is not a great thing. I don't think so. Yeah, but I
0: don't feel I don't feel they're they're gonna bring it back
1: like from a
0: storytelling perspective. I don't Maybe think... No. We'll I don't, see. I don't doubt it, but... I mean, who knows? And how
1: how uh, Zero shuts everyone down, like he frees himself in the... in viniculum. Is it the viniculum? What is it called? It's viniculum. Um, or is it the vinculum? So frees- or the vinculum? Um, but he frees himself by realizing he is already part of a collective and doesn't want to be vinculum. part of this. Vinculum. 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 Uh, so, you know, I think that... Uh, that's a little, um, yeah. How he disabled all the Borg suddenly by freeing himself and then sending out this wave from his body, which is not
0: explained at all. Other, he than... says that they he basically put them back, put them back into like a dormant state. Yeah, a temporary though. He said temporary,
1: so it wasn't. are they sorry, they said it was temporary. They they didn't say it was the same. Sorry, I'm keep on messing up zero's pronouns. That's not. Um, right. But they didn't actually say that it was the same as before. So it's this te- uh, temporary thing. It's sort of like he put them, like, sent them the sleep command from, you know, Best of both worlds. Right, right, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But it's only temporary. That. But anyway, so. Right, right. Um, you know, there a lot of questions about this episode, uh, you know, but again, it's, um, it's a kids show. So you got to remember that not everything logics out the way that, you know, adults Sure. want it to so yeah yeah yes. um but uh yeah i'm glad to know what the weapon is i'm sad to see that they can't get rid of it quite so easy not that i'm surprised but, yeah. but it's yeah. gonna be a season at least a season long problem I mean, it sounds like a problem I that I can't even imagine Starfleet being able to solve because it's sort of this weird It's working. to get rid of it, apparently. Kind of like, oh yeah. So you know, so I, you know I, I just don't know. Sure I'm sure they'll come up with something. I'm sure they will. And they're they're good writers, so on this on this staff, so for this show. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure that they'll figure a way out of this. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Ultimately. So yeah. Um, that's my thoughts on let sleeping Borg lie. Right?
0: Let sleeping Borg lie, yes, correct. That's a signature, 7%. yeah. So, yes, yes. Oh, and, cool. Mur- and Murph is sick, no. so oh, uh, yes, because he's gonna go, he's probably gonna start his metamorphosis soon,
1: yes. Um, so but uh, they they referenced it in. Uh, the, in Asylum and then they referenced it again here more so because he stayed behind yeah, and actually really was, in, well. was was kind of curled up in his bed poor at Murph. this point. Yeah, poor Murph. So I'm poor interested Murph. to see what a melanoid slime worm uh, is yeah. going to metamorphosize into.
0: Metamorphosize so. into. Yeah.
1: yeah um. Yeah. So there we go.
0: There we go. That's it for these two episodes. Yeah. Mike, do we have time for some off-topic?
1: Sure. Let's, Five let's, Five let's do a quick off-topic because there's not a lot. Uh, there's not mean? a lot uh, of off. Uh, like, you know, Lord of the Rings is over. She uh, oh. Hulk's over. Uh, the Crown is back today. Oh, hello, Dennis. Dennis has already watched half of this season or more. Really? Oh my oh, god!
0: Yeah. I can't wait, bitch! Like, no, it, I'm it so came excited. Back out, it was. It came out last week, I think, last Friday or something. No, no, it came out like yesterday or today.
1: It definitely came out yes, yesterday because Dennis. If it yesterday, came out yesterday, yesterday, Dennis has been watching it so, and I've yesterday. caught a bunch of it. So, yes, there's the crown, but I, uh, I love the crown. More up our alley. Um, What? More up our alley is Andor.
0: Oh my god, Mike! Andor is so good. Well, I've been ranting about how good it is. Can you talk about what you're thinking about (laughs) Andor right now? Um, I sort of have a mixed
1: feeling about it and i'm not mixing like not mixed in a bad that's... way just uh relax and let me let me say my piece sure. about this i haven't we've actually never really we you and i really haven't talked about this all we i've done is to a couple of uh, other podcasts about it um but uh yeah this is i uh, i'm i'm not missing any of the jedi stuff or anything like that i'm that's not my problem with it i i think it's just the way that they're breaking up these episodes, uh, it, it's very deliberate. Everything is very deliberate in this show. There's nothing wasted here. There's no words wasted. There's no anything wasted. At very all. purposeful. Yes. In the way every that every scene, every character has a, has an arc and a purpose. And it's just very interesting. Yeah. Um, but it is very slow going. And I, you know, these, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a slow burn. And I, and I, I mean, I grew up in seventies and eighties TV. So this is not a problem for me. Like that, you know, uh-huh. old classic Doctor Who is very slow and like deliberate, like maybe even uh-huh. messily. So, but, um, so that doesn't bother me. I think it's just like you don't really you can tell that this is a show and I, I, and I'm enjoying this by the way, don't get me wrong. I am enjoying this. I, I do enjoy watching it. I am, I am sort of waiting for something to happen a lot. Mm-hmm. And also there's just this palpable level of tension, which is, a it's, it's bordering on that line for me where it's almost anxiety producing to some oh. extent. And it affects my enjoyment just slightly because you I uh, literally That's so you can, interesting. Yeah, I mean so I, interesting. I I don't mind it I, as much. I mean, I but it it's just the way that the episodes are broken up like you know you mm-hmm. sort of saw a first arc in like the first three episodes and then you saw a second arc mm-hmm. in the second three episodes but then these last mm-hmm. four episodes aren't like they must they're obviously part of the bigger arc but there's no like Closure like we're so we're up to episode 10. 10. Mm-hmm. We're up to episode 10, and so seven, eight, nine, and 10 have not really done anything. Like, I mean, I, I see you see the balls moving, you see the yeah, ears uh-huh. turning. Well, that's interesting. There's yeah, no, it's interesting there's that no, like, yeah, there's no trilogy wrap up because he's still locked yeah. up at the end of. Episode nine, and you know, Mon Matha Mon just call her Mon. Everyone Mon. calls her Mon Mon is uh Mon. still in this you know jumble with finances, and then mm-hmm. Luthian is um, you know, I want more of luthien I really do. Is it luthien or Luthian? Maybe Luthian, I don't know. Um, uh, I thought there was an I in there, but um, uh, maybe not. Maybe, sorry. Um, so, you know, it's just, Lutheran. it's Lutheran. Okay. Lutheran. Um, you know, there's just, and it, you know, his relationship with the woman who's in his shop. I don't even know what or who she is. She's his wife or I think she's quarter, a fellow rebellion
0: colleague. <laughs> yeah, colleague. Sure.
1: So, you know, there's just, um, yeah, there's just a, uh, a, a lot. There's a lot of, subtext and like it's just yeah it's for me it's a little anxiety producing um
0: but I Which I know honestly, you don't like because that's why you didn't like severance it was
1: too it was too yeah tense yeah yeah so this is but this is Star Wars so I'll stick with it but I I also need like some sort of like method to the episodes wow I need I need like some I need some through story per episode, that makes sense. It's, it's literally the like they day, took up, they, It's literally like they took, like, s- let's just say these last six episodes, so seven uh-huh. through 12, which will complete the first season. They I'm took not... these, they made one show and or mm-hmm. th- for those six episodes, and then they just, just started to like, oh, you know, we'll cut it here. We'll cut it here. We'll cut it here. We'll cut it here. Like, there's just no you know, logic to, for me to, to that. Um, uh-huh, so, uh-huh. I mean, we no. do get some resolution at the end of 10 yes. on some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm trying to keep this somewhat spoiler free Um because yeah. not everybody. is. I'm assuming this. that people have
0: watched these like episode 10 already. Well, I mean, well, if you so have watched this, if you have not watched episode 10 to skip the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, 10 yeah, I But yeah. yeah. Those are some of my thoughts. I haven't really mm. like thought it out. And I want to, obviously I want to see the last two episodes. We're still two weeks away from the finale. Like, two more episodes. Right? Um, you know, so I think it might mm. be more enjoyable to watch it in a, in a binge. Maybe. Um, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I found it interesting. Yeah. A very different response. Like I, I, you know, when we, when Endor first premiered. Well, first of all, I was very excited for Endor. For you know, between the two of us, before it premiered, and then when I first, when we first started watching it, I thought it was super. I thought it was tough, like to watch the first two episodes because they were very, very deliberate um, and very slow uh, in terms of the build up. But I feel like after Aldani the whole Odani arc like built up and well that whole Odani
1: arc itself 4 through 6 was really good. It was
0: really good. When you watch it together when you put it all together. It was really good and you know I, I i I don't disagree with you about the the arcs that are happening, but I feel that you know I, I feel that the main thing that we're we're seeing arcs is with andor story so you had Aldani and then they you had like a kind of like uh connecting episode and then you have prison um but everything else going around him is pretty contiguous in my mind it's like you have like you know everything else is ongoing like you know with Luthin, with mon mamatha um with the and even like the leftovers from Odani whether it's Vow or Sinta they're kind of still there you know like they're i don't feel they have like these like spliced arcs as we are seeing with um with Andor um but yeah i you know i i, I think i think the overall... Place, i i think it's it's very i think it's very fast actually because the prison the whole prison arc is three episodes, but you really, I think even the Aldani arc was three episodes, but just the amount of character development that can fit into three episodes when it comes to these like secondary tertiary characters, like literally the the whole Aldani Kais crew, I was like really invested in all of them. And I was like, wait, it's only been three like two, three episodes and it was it hit when they, you know, when some of them were killed off, and I was just like, that's, you know, it's actually if you think about it, like that's really fast in terms of it's the amount of time we're spending each arc and how how little time we're spending with each of these like characters. New characters are introduced. It's actually very fast in terms of how quickly they are they're managing to develop our connection to these characters. But I think that the overall thing for me that's connecting it. Grew, and I think this is in response to your question or your comment about like what is this you know what is the purpose of this where it's going it's it's really about the development of I mean the quote unquote hero's journey of Andor, right like what because like it's like your his mind is obviously not changed after Odani Odani he was like I'm out of here you know he didn't want to join the rebellion he had no interest he just wanted to get his money and leave and I think that's very true to the human, a human, like the way a human develops. It's like, you need multiple, you need multiple lessons to kind of make you change. And it's like, okay, like, I think we're going to get another arc where basically he's going to just continue to see how evil the empire is. Like the whole point of the prison is like, he saw the the depravity of the empire, right? These people that he made connections to, they're stuck here. They're trapped forever, until they die. And he's like, this is messed up. And, you know, it, he gathers the motivation to be a leader and to get them out. But I think, ultimately, it's kind of like feeding that story. It's like, it's not going to change overnight. It's going to take him long time to him, like years, to get to where he is in Rogue One. And he just needs to continuously see how terrible the Empire is and why he needs to step up. So, I think it's more that than anything. I think we're getting these, like, life lessons that Endor... Needs to experience for him to become who he becomes, um, and the thing about Endor is like the, ca- the character—not to show, but you know—the thing about him is that like you know he's very like for many instances is very passive. Like he's just like things are just happening to him, versus him like obviously he does take control at these at end of some of these arcs. Um, but it's a pretty passive character overall. Like you know, like he he escapes to like Miami. He's like just trying to like live his life. Um, and enjoy the credits that he got from the heist. He doesn't want to be involved in the political scheming of Luthien. Um, but, you know, I think we need to get to, basically, we're just experiencing things with him. It's like, why did he get to a point where he goes from being a pacifist, or not even pacifist, it's like, no, no, he doesn't want anything to do with it, to a leader in the rebellion, right? So I think it's more like, if anything, it's like, the quote unquote hero journey of Andor, right? That's that's what we're getting.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean I I don't I, I guess I don't I don't see him as a hero. I don't I didn't necessarily really like him in Rogue One, although I loved Rogue One as a movie, loved it. I just didn't like him, like necessarily enjoy mm-hmm.
0: him as much. And then I was... He's obviously never- like a leader. You know, he has leadership qualities. Like, people flock around him somehow. Like, you somewhat, know, people listen to him.
1: Somewhat. Uh. Yeah, I mean, somewhat. But not. I wouldn't say he's, a uh, like... I, I still see him as more of an independent person. He wants to be independent. He just... And also, he's not that smart. He's not that bright. He really isn't. So, the whole vacation thing that he did, and he goes out, and suddenly he gets into it, like, that's just stupid.
0: Like, but he is smart because remember in the Altani heist, he instantly picks up like oh like he has this habit like he does this like you know like you got that scene where he, who was left handed who was right handed so he sees certain things he sees patterns and yes. he's able to formulate plans and he's really fast like even with the prison like yeah able he can to, pick like, out pick you, know, you
1: know systems and and things like that yes absolutely yeah. but he's he's definitely I wouldn't definitely call him a hero I mean he's killed multiple people for. Not very good reasons, um, you know, and he even, even the rebellion, quote unquote, sees him as a
0: loose end that needs to be closed, right? But then obviously, he becomes a critical member of the rebellion, like you know, like yeah, something changes. I mean,
1: I, I, yeah, so you know, yes, I understand, I get that, but it's just, you know, yeah, I. I I think that the more interesting parts of this show are not actually Andor. <laughs> oh so, no, no, I agree I with you. It's like all the
0: other characters, like all the other characters.
1: All are, the other characters. So this is really I don't I don't even know why we call this Andor, this series Andor, other than it I guess it I guess honestly, he has um he has a pivotal role in some of this, but he, you know, the characters around him, this is, this really isn't an ensemble show. Oh my God.
0: But that's what makes it so good. The ensemble is so strong. Like, uh, I mean, oh my I'm god, super interested in, um, in what. Luthen is fucking amazing. Like is a character. And I think the one thing that shows you can, be- that is doing really well. That I think was particularly pronounced in episode ten is, and you know, Luthen literally has a soliloquy about it, like what needs to be sacrificed in order for there to be freedom, right? Like what the actual mental and physical toll that I think we don't always dig into. Like it's very, it's dug into very superficially. But I think one of the things that Andor is doing really well, like we see it across the board, like Luthen, Mon, like they're all like learning. Or they're already there in terms of how much they need to sacrifice for this rebellion. I think they're making a very. It's a very visceral way to look at it, like in terms of how much they need to give up. Um, well, and also their enemy, that, the Empire, is is actually
1: catching on, and the ISB right. is actually, you know, countering in a way is a formidable, you know, more
0: formidable than the Empire itself. I would say. Like yeah, well, they're so like it's actually very fleshed out. Like, they have like they're very smart, like, they're actually shown to be like smart, intelligent people that you know they're making plans, they're not all dumb. Like, you know, sometimes I feel we it's just like if you're yeah. not like Darth Vader or the Emperor, everyone else is like an idiot, but they're doing a really good job of actually flushing out the other side of it, yeah. which you know, sometimes you don't know what they're who to cheer for because you're like, oh, yeah, like they're the underdog. Like Cinta is like the underdog or whatever, but um, but yeah, you're actually cheering for them even though they are the quote unquote bad guy. But I think that's what Andor is adding so many layers of ray to both the people involved in the Empire as well as Rebellion, right? Because I don't know if you can say Luthen is a good person, right? Like that's debatable. I think that's the whole point. Like, is Luthen a good person? Like, sure, he has you know, do the ends justify the means? Like, that's the whole point of his character, right? Um, but that's again one thing that Endor's doing really well in terms of layering on the complexity of each of these characters, and it's like who's good, who's bad, who knows? You know, like I, I think it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, no, it's it is very interesting, and um, yeah, I'm. I, I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely here for it. But
0: and I love uh, the. It's so intense. Actually, I actually really like that. I'm like, I'm here for how intense it is. It, yeah, it how is. everyone is like stressed out. Like literally, you can tell everyone's stressed out <laughs> on the show. Um, because it's like you know they're, it's they're all like on the verge of getting like, like murdered or caught or something. Like something's just around the corner, and I love that. Uh, it's just like yeah, there is that. I, I I know what you're saying, but for me, I kind of compartmentalize. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to see how this kind of wraps up this season. Uh, you know, the next few episodes and where we're left. And then I think I can better judge it on on the whole. Um mm. the whole piece. But you're right.
0: Maybe it's like one maybe if we binge it, it's like it feels very different.
1: Yeah. I, I mean I think but, yeah. you know, I think that we sort of saw that with Obi-Wan Kenobi as well. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think that that, that had more very well
0: defined episode
1: right it was, it's also um, six
0: episodes versus like 24 you know yeah. so like they're taking their time for sure they are
1: absolutely and and let me just say this visually this show is amazing oh visually debated, is amazing. they did I don't, you know and and the writing is i mean um beau willimon is writing these latest episodes but you oh, know so good the so good. creator oh the creator um toby haynes i want to say um, is his name? <laughs> uh And I'm sorry, I don't know his name off the top Tony of my Tony Gilroy. End, Tony Gilroy, thank you. Um, don't know where I came up with that name, but anyway, Toby. Uh, um, oh my God! But anyway, sorry. I, you know, these behind the scenes, I see them and I don't memorize them. Uh, but you know, he he's done an amazing job at creating a world and a uh, and uh, okay. and. Uh, You know he's directed a number of the episodes as well, so it's so
0: well fleshed out. Like it is, it is. It's just I think in the cinematography, everything production values. It looks amazing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Across music, amazing. Everything's so good.
1: You know the the funny the the funny thing the only thing that bothers me about this show and it's not about this show I think it's about the Star Wars universe in general is that it's literally just push bu- run by push buttons like there, you know it's some it's it's an alien to me it's an alien way of controlling the ships they do this in the bad batch like they're so they're so great in the sense that they're very they stick to like the red and yellow and or the red and the white buttons that control all these things and people know what buttons to push with very little, ba- with, you know, almost basic style graphics on their computer screens and whatnot. It's just, uh, it's just, that for me is the most frustrating part of this. Cause you no, want to know what they specific. It is because you, you want to know like, well, what is it? What buttons are they pushing? Like, what does it do? Like, why isn't it? But happening? you know, like, like, I
0: think Star Wars has not been, you know there has i'm sure there's a technical manual but they're not like it's not like star trek where no, know, there's like yeah. it's not they're not they don't care about like the systems of the sci-fi yeah no, i it, know right yeah no. know but it's, it's just one of those things
1: that sticks out to me when i see people pushing buttons like how the hell do you know to push that button like like it,
0: they're not labeled. Well, well that happens they're in Star Trek like, sometimes too. That happens in Star Trek. Sometimes sure, like, they're, sure. they're pushing, yeah, I, they're pushing like, the same button over and over. to so looks like they're yeah. doing something. But yeah. it's like, I mean, are you doing anything?
1: It's not, yeah, it's definitely not graphics heavy on the uh, operating systems of the Star Wars universe. Oh, that's,
0: yeah, that's very on purpose. Um, it's, very, yeah.
1: it's very analog. Right. Anyway, so yeah, no, I'm anxious to see how this wraps up, uh, this season one wraps up, and to see how I feel by the end of it. But I love the um, actress that plays Mamatha. She's amazing.
0: Like Jenny. Yeah, More, like, I mean, she's uh, really good. Yeah, she is. She is excellent. Uh, the she has great poise. I'm like, I wish I had so much poise. I don't have poise.
1: Uh, well, this and girl. and uh, what is what is the ISB woman's name? Who um, oh. Miro or whatever.
0: Yes, Dedra, Dedra Miro. Thank you. Dedra Miro is Dedra Miro. amazing. She's great. She's great. She's great. Too. She's, yeah. great. she's great. But um, she's like well, I'm talking about. She's like a very like you. You're rooting for her because she's like this underdog, mm-hmm. and then she's like evil. <laughs> like she, she is. Six, she is. You know, she's evil. like ruthless. Yes. yes. But, she is ruthless. But it's funny because you also like you want her because she's like she's like. She's she sees there's a connection, but no one's listening to her. So you're like, come on, people, she's right. There is a rebellion going on. And you're you are rooting for her. And then she actually gets to the point where she's listened to. And you're like, oh damn, like, you know, she's she's a bad guy, you know. So I, I love that though. I love that juxtaposition of like, who are you rooting for? Who's a guy who was a bad guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's I so have kind. to say
1: that I am I'm enjoying having a a bad guy. A, a bad person a bad you know baddie sure. who is uh worthy of uh you know being she's smart and she's very smart yeah very intelligent i love her uh, unlike you know unlike the kind of leader the isb and the the empire in rebels was very in star wars rebels mm, okay where they were that. very they were very not smart and yeah arrogant and she mm-hmm. she has she has the skills to back up which i she doesn't come off as arrogant at all and she's no. just very strong-willed and mm-hmm. has put this together she's strategic so it's just it's amazing uh you know you know yeah you are sort of rooting for the baddies in this in this one sense um right yeah. she is kind of surrounded by some idiots um
0: uh, I don't know it's, it like, of... it's like but that's it's not that thing I don't know if they're idiots or they're just stuck in bureaucracy right yeah that's the other thing that's the other that's thing. The thing yeah Where, that's the other sure. thing that's so interesting about Um, and, and I know that Tony Gilroy is doing this on purpose making the empire relatable to corporate America <laughs> you know it's like yeah. people yeah. are operating in their silos and lanes and there's paperwork and like meetings and like, yep. like you know meeting after meeting and it's like you yeah. know, like, but that happens a lot. Like, people just like think about Absolutely. their lanes, think about what their their only care, they only care about what they're responsible for and what they're tasked with, and that's why, yes. Deja Ramiro yeah, Ramiro succeeds because she's like, okay, the rebellion does not operate in the silos that we created, right? It's so true. Like, that was a great line. Um, like, we're functioning bureaucratically but the the rebellion is not thinking the way we are right yeah like that was a huge so, revelation i thought so but there's like a lot of that like all those like really good nuggets that i'm like oh my god like you know that's so smart like just like in the writing you know like how they're kind of evolving these characters um anyway i can go on yeah and on. we can probably have another podcast about just Endor, but Right. It's late, and we're done. It is
1: late, and so we're going to wrap up our off-topic discussion for now, but...
0: Yeah, maybe uh, but before have we bonus. hit a bonus about Andor, anyway, so, yes. so, so also we'll also have a bonus about The Expanse, but that never happened. Um, on oh, very, 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 show, Layered show. Yes. Yep. Um, Definitely. Mike, why don't you talk about our sponsor?
1: Absolutely. So, Fansets is the exclusive sponsor of the Check Geeks podcast network and deep space pride and uh they've just redesigned their website which i wanted to give them kudos for that and also share you know they've got a doug jones some new releases related to doug jones which is a friend of the show um so go on over to fansets.com check out all the pins that they have uh so they have these three new Doug Jones and Captain Saru pins that are amazing. They have now have the La Serena emblem, uh, pin as well as they've added the, um, two more ships to the master ships collection, which includes Voyager and the defiant plus a whole lot more. Uh, their deltas are amazing. I've gotten several of them and, uh, yeah, head on over to fansets.com, put a bunch of pins in your cart, uh, If you put the code TREKGEEKS, all one word, all caps, in at checkout, you're going to get 10% off your order. And if your order is over $30, you're going to get free shipping in the U.S. And we want to thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
0: Thanks, Fansets. All right, well, that does it for this episode. We would love to hear from you and would love to... Get your thoughts on Prodigy Season 1B or Andor or The Crown. I'll take it. I'll take all of it. <laughs> so if you do want to reach out to us and talk about any of these topics, uh, you can find us. I was like, you can something. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Twitter and whatever it's late. Twitter and Instagram at the space pride. Or you can email us at the space pride at gmail.com. There we go. There we are. Cool. By the well, way, the crown. Uh,
1: uh, what, I've, what I've watched of the crown is is pretty good.
0: So, wait. So, have you watched the first four seasons? I have. Here watched and there. Off it here and there. Yes. It is one of those shows. I'll have. I'd say the crown is one of those shows where it is more episodic. So, if you like, get the gist and know it's you know you're like I know Princess Diana is not gonna make it. <laughs> you know, like I know Princess Diana and Prince Charles has problem. Well, they have problems. Like you know. You can go you can literally go in and like because each episode is a contained story, so you can literally enjoy it like that, um yeah, but which uh, which I have done and have been you know my you, only problem you're with this, you're, you probably yeah. get it get it,
1: you know yeah. my only problem with this new season is the woman who plays the queen is I just can't stand her because oh she, no from Harry Potter,
0: yes, professor Umbridge. <laughs> Yes,
1: I just cannot stand her. So Aww. you know, every time I see the Queen now, and these in this new season, she does I... kind of
0: look like her, though. She does actually look like you know, may God rest her soul, Queen Elizabeth. Like you know, she does kind of yes. play like in terms of even how she carries herself as a character. Well, really even well, Jonathan like... Price looks a
1: lot like Prince Philip. So um, that's true.
0: That's true. You know, in oh some ways. So
1: uh, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah now... no, the, yeah. no, I, I think there's some spot on. Like obviously some really good makeup work, but also there's you know some spot on um you know comparisons to to the real life people who are they're portraying,
0: yeah, it's tough though it's like similar to our issue with House of dragon because they switched a lot of the characters and it takes a minute. it takes a minute you know to like reorient yourself, but then you yes. kind of like. After a few episodes, you you know you kind of fall back into the groove and it's yeah, fine. Actually,
1: but... we didn't. Did we ever? We never really talked on the air about House of the Dragon or no? I or thought it fin- ended great. It was uh, like... my finale or my final thoughts on Game of Thrones. Did you Rewatch, Did you end so. up
0: like liking it at the end?
1: Um, I did. I ended up liking it up until the point uh, where John kills Daenerys. I like that.
0: Oh, sorry, After Game of that, Thrones. Sorry, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yes. yes. Game of okay. Thrones,
1: up to that point. Sorry, I'm I did not. I did Dragon? not. No, no. But House of Dragon, I did. Wasn't pleased with the ending of House of Dragon. Why?
0: Uh, I mean, Luke. Because Luke. Yeah. Because of oh, Luke. but but it's good, right? It, I, I, so yeah, there's good parts too. Sure.
1: We, we'll, we'll we'll we'll. Hash this out in another episode when we can talk more about it. But it is. Linked. it had
0: to happen because that's a catalyst
1: for. I understand.
0: Yes, I everything understand. that happens yes. afterwards. Sure, I understand. But no, it was tragic, and I was so angry at. Um, yes, what's the name? Amon. Sorry, I took it. Amon. Sorry, it took see, a second. you're so good with the names. I... Well, the the hard part about House of Dragon is also like multiple people have the same name. So, and they yes. all verse, they sound the same. Like, like Aemond, Aegon, and then there are two Aegons. Um, and then there's Renice, Rhaenys, Rhaenys. I'm like, why? Why yes. does it need to be this way? Why does yes. life need to be why? this way? Why? Why indeed? I agree. Um,
1: but anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, we'll we'll do some more off topic when we have more time and are not. Yes, pressed for Well, time. I still
0: need to pack. I have a nine AM flight. I haven't packed yet. You're Start not going to sleep at all. You're going s- to sleep a little bit. I mean, you know, that'll be fine. I don't need that much sleep, usually. Well, that's good. Meanwhile, yeah. I do need sleep, so... Maybe I'll watch an but, episode of The Crown. Hmm. I'm good. Download it on your phone so you I can did, watch it I on did, the I flight. I did do that already. Yes, I'm yeah. going to watch it on the plane. It's going happen. Go. Good, good. Um... It's also like, oh my God, it's one of those shows where you want to see on a TV because it's so cinematic. It's like a visually arresting, you know? So... Yes. I and know. I feel like I'm arrested right now because you are not
1: letting us go. <laughs> I can keep on talking. Um, no, I but know
0: you can, I guess, yes. I guess here we,
1: here we are. Here we are, yes. Okay,
0: all right. Well, well thanks, Mike. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, listeners. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that—that's episode one hundred and one. There we go, one hundred and one. Okay,
1: on onwards to two hundred and beyond. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you back here next week—or no, sorry—in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. weeks. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.